This week, the fifth week of the Shabbos Learning Project, we will start with a classic joke, which is not funny. There is a phrase that many many of you know. Uh, the phrase is uh, in Yiddish, Nisht Oif Shabbos Geret, or Nisht Um Shabbos Geret, uh, different inflections with the same idea, which means this speech is not appropriate for Shabbos. And there's a famous joke told in conjunction with that line in which uh, Ruvain is talking to his friend Shimon, and he says to Shimon, he says, Nisht Oif Shabbos Geret, I'm selling my card. And Shimon says, oh, hmm, Nisht Oif Shabbos Geret, how much? And Ruven says back to him and says, well, Nisht Oif Shabbos Geret, $1,000. And Shimon says, well, Nisht Oif Shabbos Geret, will you take 900 And Ruven says, Nisht Oif Shabbos Geret, I'll think about it. And later in the day, they meet each other at Mincha time or Shalashudis, later in the day on Shabbos, and Shimon goes back to Ruven, the second one, one who's interested in buying, says, Nisht Oif Shabbos Geret, uh, did, did you think about it? And Ruben says back to him, well, Nishtoyf Shabbos Geret, it's sold already. Okay, now you can laugh or chuckle or humor me in some way. It's not my joke, but it is one that launches us straight into the material for this week. This week, we're going to cover a couple of topics that all um, fall under the category of the way in which we are cautioned to approach Shabbos by the Navi Yeshaya. The Pasuk says, If you restrain your foot, you know, the way you walk, because it's Shabbos, and you refrain from accomplishing your own needs on my holy day. You proclaim Shabbos to be a delight. A holy day. Uh, you call the holy day of Hashem honored. And you honor it that day. Ba by not engage, going in your own ways, seeking your own needs, your own affairs, and discussing discussing things that should not be discussed. So that's that's what we're supposed to do. We're refrain from all those things. If we do that, if we can if we can control ourselves and we can focus on the holy parts of Shabbos, then you will delight in Hashem and receive all those blessings. Nachlas Yaakov Avichadi unbridled, unbounded blessings of Yaakov Avinu, which could be a whole sheer unto itself. But uh, from these few words of instruction from the Navi Yeshaya, we get a lot of, of direction as to how to approach Shabbos Kodesh, and many halachas that come from these words, um, also from, from walking. I remember um, when I was a student in the Yeshiva when I was a bacher, and I once had the occasion to have the Shabbos Suda at the Friday night meal at the Mashkiach Zatzal, Rav Aaron Chadash. Um, and I, would, I walked back with him from the yeshiva to his apartment, which was not very far away. It was a couple blocks away. It took us a very long time to get there. Um, and I had walked with Rav Aaron in the past and on other occasions, and he walked at normal pace, but not tonight. Not Leil Shabbos, not, not Shabbos night in, uh, in Yerushalayim, we walked back, and he walked, he was an older gentleman, he walked slowly, uh, uh, very, very slowly, very regally, like there wasn't a care in the world. We walked so slowly that it was hard for me to keep up. <laughs> so so uh, that was one of the moments in which I was introduced to, the, to a, um, 
to a representation, to a person who was mechavit Shabbos me'asos durachecha, he didn't walk on Shabbos the way he walked during the week. That was a very special moment for me. Um, and the halachas that we're going to talk about today um, are fit that, that atmosphere of, uh, of not engaging in, in the... I'm not saying you have to walk in a snail's pace to show <laughs> or anywhere else, but the idea is that we should learn these halachas so that we can enhance um, our Shabbos together. So going back to that joke, that phrase I started with, nish oift Shabbos garet, you know, some say it was a phrase that was originally coined as a rebuke. Like one person would ask someone else, you know, how much are you selling that for? And the first person would say, uh, I'm not going to tell you, it's Shabbos. <laughs> and then, it, it, you know, it, the way things go, it, became, it became the opposite. It became an excuse to, uh, to say things that are not Shabbosic, they're not Shabbos in nature. Um, and, and by excusing, excusing it by this kind of special magical formula. I know I'm not supposed to say, you know, it's kind of like we joke about um, no offense, but when somebody says to you, no offense, but uh, that means that you're about to be offended. <laughs> so Mishtoy Shavuzgaret means I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So uh, let's, figure, let's figure out what we should not be saying and uh, what, what things we can say um, so that we can approach this right. So the first type of speech I want to talk about is business speech. Um, this is actually more in the category of Mimtso Chefzecha, the, the, the line I just read from the, uh, the Navi Yeshai, Mimtso Chefzecha, which means to engage in your own, in, in, your, in your business, in your matters. Um, there's a little bit of a cross-section between Mimtso Chefzecha and Dabar Davar, and, uh, and Shabbos speech. So um, I, won't cl- I won't be able to label exactly which one is which, but they're, they're under these two categories. So the first one is about uh, engaging in business. This is Mimso and that, actually, before we get to speech, applies even without speaking. Um, if you are, um, if you're clearly going to, uh, I don't know, to a, to a field, to a factory, um, to observe in a way that shows that you are interested in cal- making business calculations. If you, uh, let's say you're building a house uh, nearby and you want to go into the house, and uh, it's not just a matter of curiosity, it's you want to think about, well, I need to tell the contractor to do X and Y or move that outlet over or whatever, that would be engaging in a business in a way which doesn't involve speech but is still forbidden because it is clear that you're going uh, for your own business purposes. If you walk into an apartment on Shabbos with an agent, even if you're not doing any malachas, you're not doing any 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 forbidden acts on Shabbos, creative acts, deraisa, derabanan, either biblical or rabbinic, it's still prohibited because you're violating Shabbos by engaging in your own, own matters. But to walk into somebody else's house as a matter of curiosity, uh, that would be okay. Here, um, on, here meaning on Biltmore Drive here in Atlanta, where I'm recording this shear way too late on a Thursday night, and I apologize for the late release of this podcast. But on Biltmore Drive, we have uh, at least one house um, uh, some neighbors that are going to be moving in soon. We're very excited for it. And there's a house being built. And my kids have asked on several occasions if they could go and visit the house and just, just to check it out. So um, that's a question for the owners. But with regards to Hilchas Shabbos, that would be mutter. That would be permitted to do uh, because that's not engaging in business. That's just a matter of, um, of curiosity. A Another type of engagement in business, which doesn't uh, uh, doesn't involve speech, which we'll get to soon, uh, would be window shopping. Um, if you're walking by stores, we don't have any in our neighborhood, but if you're walking by stores, 
I remember I was once walking through uh, Geula, through that, uh, that shopping strip in the heart of Yerushalayim, um, with, uh, with my father, Zechron Levracha, and we were walking by on a Friday night, and I stopped to look, peer into the window of a Svarim store. And uh, he, he cautioned me, he said that, you know, the books might be holy, but window shopping on Shabbos is not so holy. So that's the first time I heard this concept that you shouldn't be window shopping or looking at things that you might be uh, might be of interest for purchase. So that that's also another prohibition. It doesn't involve speech. It's just how you are, uh, you know, your actions that speak louder than words sometimes as to what you're doing and what you're engaged in. Um, okay, so let's get into actual speech. So the first type of speech which is prohibited is business speech. That uh, joking conversation that I mentioned earlier, that would be prohibited. That is, that is uh, engaging in business. Um, another thing would be like asking uh, pricing, like uh, talking about how uh, the house next door is selling for X. Or, you know, you can buy cookies from, uh, from these, these girls are baking cookies. They're sell- selling it on Sunday for 50 cents. So talking about the purchase, talking about the price, that would be a problem. Uh, getting excited and talking about how you can book on Delta Direct, flying from Atlanta to Eretz Yisrael directly for only $4,000 or 900,000 credit card points, that would be a problem. It's a problem because it's too expensive, but it's a problem also because that type of speech is not permitted on Shabbos to get into that level of detail. Uh, you can't give business advice. If you're an accountant, you can't tell me who I can count as a dependent and who not. If you're a graphics designer, you can't tell somebody, you can't recommend the best uh, program um, that they can use to to get around hiring you. Um, and uh, you can't ask how much somebody paid for something. Um, those are all all types of business Shabbos speech would be, which would be prohibited. Um, obviously talking about uh, business earnings and stocks and bonds and things like that would also be inappropriate and prohibited on Shabbos. So that's business speech. Uh, another type of speech which is prohibited is malacha speech. That's what I'm calling it, malacha speech. This means speech about doing things uh, that are forbidden on Shabbos, doing things during the week that are forbidden to do on Shabbos. You can't say, um, I'll fix that broken chair for you tomorrow. You can't say, I'll, I'm going to water the grass uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, come to me after Shabbos, I'll write, I'll write down your phone number. It's uh, very nice to meet you. Those are all references to uh, doing malacha. Now, you're not, even though you're not talking about doing malacha on Shabbos, but the reference to malacha, to prohibited actions um, on Shabbos, is, is forbidden. That's, uh, that's under the category of daber davar. Now, this can get really technical and interesting. Um, about how you phrase things really makes a big difference. The postgim speak about the Hebrew words um, asa and elech. I saw this in, in one of the svarim I perused this week. I saw this in Orcha Shabbos, where the word linsoa uh, means to travel. And in modern Hebrew, it often means to travel through means of transportation like a car or a bus or something like that. Elech, holech, means to go. Doesn't necessarily mean to travel by car, it can mean to walk. So to tell somebody that you are traveling using the word linsoa in Hebrew, I'm traveling to New York, 
Um, that would be a problem because that's direct reference, even though I'm not talking about flying, but since the way I phrase it means flying uh, or means traveling by car or something, that would be a problem. But to say I'm going to New York, that would be fine. Um, other examples, I'm flying to Israel next week. That's a problem. I'm mentioning flying, which I can't do. I'm driving to the mountains for vacation. That's a problem. I'm talking about driving. Um, here's an interesting twist, though. If I, if I tell you that I am going to um, an Airbnb in Nashville, that actually could be okay, because you can theoretically walk there on Shabbos. And I'm not talking about renting the Airbnb. I'm telling you that I'm staying there. Maybe someone's giving it to me for free. So, so, um, the, there's, so there's two points here. Number one is how you phrase something. If it means a malacha, something prohibited on Shabbos, that's a problem. And number two, if you phrase it in such a way that it's theoretically possible to, to do that action on Shabbos, that's also fine. I'll give an extreme example. To say I'm flying to Israel is a problem. To say I'm going to Israel next week, there are some poskim who say that's permitted because you could find some theoretically permissible way of getting there. For example, if the Bering Strait through Russia is frozen, um, you can theoretically walk, um, you know, go north, go you know, northeast, go through Canada to Alaska, over the Bering Strait to Russia, and make your way over to Israel. So that sounds like an extreme example, but and it is. But the point is that since I can theoretically do this, therefore my language doesn't connote that I'm going to be performing a malacha, and some posts can say that that, that is uh, that that's fine. Um, another, so let's get into some, ex- so as of now, we've spoken about business speech being prohibited, business action and business speech being prohibited, and malacha speech being prohibited. Let's get into some things that are, let's get into some examples that are permitted. Uh, the Gemara calls this cheshbonos shel melech, uh, talking about calculations of the king, um, what the king did, what he spent money on, what he didn't spend money on. That is actually permitted. Um, you can talk about malachas that have been done in the past. Um, these are matters of information and curiosity. They don't, they're not broadcasting that malachas are going to be performed. They're not preparation uh, for uh, engaging in malacha activity. So those, that is permitted. Other categories of speech that are permitted is speaking about a malacha when it's connected to a mitzvah. So um, if I ask you, can you come over tomorrow and help me build my sukkah? That is, that's permitted. You can do that because... Building a sukkah um, is, is, uh, involves a malacha, but it's a mitzvah, and therefore I can invite you to come tomorrow to build my sukkah. Now, you might be thinking this is an issue of hachana, of preparation for after Shabbos, um, and that is something that we will talk about in next week's class. But as far as the speech goes, the, the, that is permitted. Um, even saying, like, we have to go to a store to buy a wedding dress. Uh, that's permitted because that is a mitzvah. We have to order more meat for the Sheva Brachos next week. Even to say we have to raise an extra, that Beth Jacob North has to raise an extra, did a, had an amazing fundraising campaign, and uh, they raised uh, $86,000, um, and there's another campaign coming to raise another X amount of dollars. That would be permitted because that is uh, tzedakah, it's charity, it's a good cause. Um, that also permits um, pledging money for alios. Uh, selling alios. Another um, area that's permitted, many postgames say that doctors and health professionals can actually give 
healthcare professionals can actually give um, assessments and advice on Shabbos, uh, because that is under the category of mitzvos. So those are uh, some areas of permitted speech. So now let's pivot a little bit to uh, just give some of the basics of one more topic, which is related to the above. Um, as we spoke about not engaging in your own business activities. And this uh, Shabbos learning project season, we have been speaking about writing and erasing. And there's one area of halacha that has a convergence of both of those, meaning a prohibition against an activity uh, because it is it can lead to writing. And it's also something we should stay away from because it is um, business-like activity. And that is the general category known as shtari hediotos. This is a, a new a new subject, uh, just for the tail end of this class. Um, so th- this concept of shtari hediotos mentioned in the Gemara is basically a reference to <clears throat> business documents, bills, receipts, contracts. Those are prohibited to read on Shabbos. So in this in the next few minutes, let's talk about what is permitted and what is prohibited to read on Shabbos. Um, as a matter of fact, the Mishnah says that there was once a prohibition against reading ksuvim, like the k or the ch part of Tanakh, the Torah Nevi'im ksuvim. There was once a prohibition in, enacted not to read ksuvim because people would read ksuvim, which was filled with stories and interesting things, and they would also come to read other documents which were prohibited on Shabbos. So this is how seriously Chazal took this prohibition. Um, as an aside... Uh, um, in Harachaman on Shabbos, um, there's a change in how we pronounce one of the words. During the week, we say Magdil Yeshuos Malko, and on Shabbos, we say Migdil Yeshuos Malko. Some explain, I mean, there's um, a few different explanations. Some explain that Magdil Yeshuos Malko. Um, that is a verse in Tehillim. That's part of Kesuvim. Migdol Yeshua's Malko is a verse in Shemuel. That's in Navi. So it could be at one point in time when the pro- there was a prohibition against Kesuvim, that's when that change in benching came. Be that as it may, it is an interesting illustration of this prohibition against reading these documents called uh, Shtari Hediotos. So let's give some contemporary examples. In other words, what can I read, what can I not read on Shabbos? Can I read a letter, newspapers, magazines, um, a science book? Can I read my like DIY, do-it-yourself, carpentry book that I just picked up? Can I study for tests? Can I read cookbooks? These are, these are all questions, and they're good questions, and they all fall under this category called shtari hediotos. So when it comes to letters, newspapers, and the like, um, Tosvos talks about the permissibility of reading letters because they could contain matters of pikuach nefesh. In the days of old, the way in which people got news was much more basic, maybe even healthier, uh, in which they would get news from uh, letters or signs that are posted. Um, And without those letters or newspapers, uh, sometimes there would be very important information that you wouldn't be able to access without them. And if you received a letter on Shabbos, sometimes it contained, it contained a matter which was really important, maybe pikuach nefesh. So therefore, Tosfos says you can scan with your eyes to see if, there's an, if there is a matter that is um, of grave importance. Uh, shouldn't you know? Shouldn't uh, speak the words with your mouth. But that is the first step in an allowance of reading letters 
And in the days of old, there are poskim who extended this to include newspapers. There's a famous Shuvas Shvus Yaakov who talks about the permissibility of being able to read newspapers so that we could know uh, of, the, of some pending disaster or something else that needed immediate attention. Um, now, many, many poskim say that this permissibility of reading newspapers doesn't necessarily apply anymore. We have many other ways in which we can get information. If something is, is going on, you'll know about it. Um, so that comes into question. There is a, Rav Yaakov Emdin writes in a tshuva, he has a lot of different points to make about this, and one of his points, of many, is that there may be an oneg Shabbos quality, an enjoyment of Shabbos quality, of reading a newspaper, reading some stories, um, and therefore he entertains the possibility of that being permissible. But he says, even if it's permissible to read a newspaper, it is certainly not permissible to read the advertisements in the newspaper. That, uh, that doesn't carry the same per, uh, permissibility. So uh, it seems nowadays, if you um, look around, <laughs> that the, uh, the custom is to be lenient about reading magazines and newspapers. Um, but uh, there are many postgames who say that even though that has become pretty much accepted, it doesn't extend to, doesn't necessarily extend to the advertisements that are contained therein. The um, most common leniency I heard about advertisements is about advertisements that have nothing to do with you, that are simply matters of curiosity, a luxury item that looks interesting. I remember as a kid, we used to get, um, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Someone's going to correct me in Shul for sure, but Hammaker Schlemmer, that magazine that has all sorts of cool new gadgets or the sharper image. So I would enjoy looking through those pages on Shabbos. Um, without any intention of ever buying anything from it. It could be that is permissible, um, because that's just uh, oneg, that's just enjoying its curiosity. It's cheshbon uh, shamelech, perhaps, borrowing that term. And uh, therefore, that could, be, that could be fine. So that's the general category of letters, newspapers, magazines, books. Um, now, when it comes to topics of books, so obviously Torah is number one. Right, can I read other things on Shabbos? Does that fall under this Shtari Hediotos prohibition? So there's actually a sif, there's a section of Shulchan Aruch that, that, that treats this head-on. Shulchan Aruch says in Simen Shin Zayin, one may not read secular wisdom on Shabbos. Keep, keep listening. <laughs> the, the Rashba is quoted in the next line as saying that some allow uh, reading secular wisdom on Shabbos. The first opinion seems to maintain that anything other than Torah works is considered to be in the category of shtari hediotos, these business materials. And the Rashba seems to hold that uh, subject, subjects of worldly knowledge are not business-related, they're not like business documents. Um, but even the Rashba seems to say that knowledge, yes, general knowledge would be, would be permissible, but not um, necessarily fictional stories or even history unless it carries with it some sort of important message uh, or lesson. So the bottom line halacha follows the more lenient opinion, that of the Rashba, who allows reading um, matters of worldly wisdom on Shabbos. Um, would that extend to, you know, the DIY carpentry book that I mentioned before, which I don't own, but maybe I should? Um, there, that's another, that's another problem. That is an issue, even though it's worldly wisdom, but that's a malacha. I'm learning about doing a malacha. That could be problematic. Um, what about looking at a cookbook? So the Shmir Shabbos Kelechasa, or Shlomo Zaman Orbach, is quoted in that sefer as allowing 
uh, the reading of cookbooks on Shabbos because he says a cookbook is not there to instruct you how to cook, how to light a fire. It's, um, it's more in the realm of general knowledge that teaches me about different types of ingredients and recipes. It's not about the malach of cooking. So therefore, there's a permissibility for, for that. Uh, what about studying for a test on Shabbos? So um, here's another example of worldly wisdom that the Shmir Shabbos Kolchasa says it push comes to shove is permitted. Just don't say you're preparing for a test because that can get into the issue of preparing. But to study for a test, um, in theory, is fine. Um, although, even as we talk about the things that are permissible to, to read on Shabbos, let's remember the special nature and holiness of the day um, and uh, attune ourselves to things that are, that are more elevated as much as possible. Finally, I just want to mention one more thing about Shtari Hedyotos, and that is lists and menus. This is a, a halacha which is not very commonly known. Uh, the Gemara, also talking about this same concept, uh, refers to a prohibition against reading uh, lists of guests or menus. Um, and the reason for that, is, one reason for that is because of the concern that a person might come to adjust the list, erase, edit the list, uh, because he gets very involved, he or she gets very involved in reading this list. Um, so the Gemara says straight out, you can't read a list of guests or a menu on Shabbos. So in order for this to be permissible, you have to uh, check off two boxes, because there's two reasons. One is the decree against business documents, which, which has been our subject for the past uh, few minutes. And the second is the concern for erasing. So um, if we're talking about the degree against business documents, so then we can have mitzvah permissibility. So if it's about a Shabbos meal, Yantav meal, that would allow it. But we still have the concern for erasing. So what the post can say is, if the person who devises the list and is deeply concerned about it is not the one reading, that's permissible. So if you are making a meal um, and you want to make sure that you remember everything, in, especially over the course of a Yantav, you want to make sure you remember everything to serve at each, at each meal, um, uh, it actually would not be permissible for you to look at the list yourself, but it would be permissible for your spouse or for your child to read the list to you because we're not concerned they're going to get carried away. Similarly, lists or menus that have to do with any, anything has to do with mitzvos, as I said before, is permissible. Um, you could read, a, a gabai is allowed to read the list of, of cholim so we can daven for them. Uh, check a list of uh, aliyos that are, that are being given out on Shabbos. Um, even looking at a bar mitzvah invitation is one of these types of documents, which is mitzvah-oriented and therefore is permissible. Okay, so we did a lot in a pretty short time, and I thank you all for listening, for participating uh, in, in, in engaging in these important halachos, and uh, look out for the Shabbos Learning Project quiz coming soon to a shul near you. Good Shabbos.